0: The song of Zechariah, which was just read, is especially beautiful. And you, child, will go before the Lord to prepare his way. By the tender mercies of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The elderly Zachariah here is singing of John the Baptist, his newborn son. And every time John the Baptist is spoken of, we are really in our text talking about you, the church. Our mission is to point to Jesus. It's the same mission of John the Baptist. And in, in the pointing to Jesus, we should become lesser, that Christ may become greater. That is always our role as Christians and as a church. It's one of the reasons why John the Baptist figures importantly in the Christmas liturgy. It reminds us that we are here at a point to this mystery happening among us. Now, we don't always have the words... Folks were a little surprised at my radically feminist sermon last Sunday. This Sunday perhaps is even better. But Zachariah could not believe that this child was to be born to him in his age. And so late in life he didn't believe it possible. And so the angel said to the father, well just pipe down you until it's done. And so today is his his first word since the conception of the child until its birth. Again, I don't think Luke had a good impression of men in general. (laughs) All women's voices as this text begins. But I can relate to Zachariah's sense of dumbfoundedness. I am frequently in that state at this very moment, each year. All the preparations have gone into place. We've, your leadership has exhausted themselves in making it all happen. But then what now? How do we speak about this mystery? What is the true meaning of Christmas? Well, good luck to us today. I was in uh, at my last church early on there. I was in a very unpastorly hurry about the second week of January where I was anxious to head off for a vacation. I was after church quickly going down the list of things I needed to do and I was down to the last one. So I was, it was a smaller church so I had the duty of being out front slapping the new letters on the marquee. And so I was out there uh, on top of that ladder, one hand on the ladder, never do this. Uh, On top of that ladder Uh, One hand on the ladder, one hand on the letters. And when a surfer walked up, it was close to the ocean, and the surfer was carrying a surfboard. Uh, He and the surfboard were still dripping with salt water. And he said, hey. I said, hey. Apparently, he'd been to the Christmas Eve service and recognized me, which at this moment I knew I was stuck. (laughs) Sometimes I like to lay low, pretending I'm not—I don't—I'm not a person to ask questions of. But he had seen me, and he wanted to talk. He was—he had been to the Christmas Eve service, and he was wanted, to, and he asked me, "Hey, what is the real meaning of Christmas, anyway?" And what I thought is that Christmas Eve sermon, sermon must have been pretty bad. <laughs> and I was struck dumb, like Zechariah. He wanted to know where to begin. And I, at that moment, hurrying off to my vacation letters in hand, I didn't really have an answer for him. Now, while you're laughing there, I bet there's a few of you pretty comfortable that wasn't you. And so I wish for you, over your Christmas dinner, someone lean over the fruitcake and ask you, (laughs) what is the real meaning of Christmas. Good luck with that. I've had some time over the years to think about it. Actually, I actually have to think about it every year and how to put words to a mystery. And I have a theological answer and then I have a simple answer. We'll try either one on for size this morning. So, Christmas is really the festival of the incarnation of the word made flesh. And since the earliest days of the church, Christians have been convinced that to talk about God, first, we talk about Jesus. That's what being Christian men means. It means we talk about God by talking about Jesus. We point to Jesus, like John the Baptist teaches us, to say what it is God is like. If you want to know the heart of God, Look to Jesus, the Word of God made flesh in the world. At Christmas time, we say that this was fully true at Jesus' birth, as fully true as it was at his death. The baby in the manger was Emmanuel, God with us. Now, if you think that through, you end up with a radically strange understanding of God and God-likeness in the world. And it is here that most of us stumble. It's just difficult for us to think. The ancient Greeks taught that God was perfect. And this is the easier way to think about God. And by perfect this, the Greek understanding meant unchanging, completed, isolated, unfeeling, transcendent, unaffected by the wayward world. Except, as Christians came to say, in anger, some Christians say, in anger. The birth of Jesus in this view is the celebration of a life that will be sacrificed to appease an angry tyrant. And this is love. And that is Christianity for some people. It's not for me. I did, in fact, one year receive a Christmas card about this image of Jesus. I call it my bloody Christmas card year. And I know there's at least one person here visiting from Texas, and it was from a Texan. So on the front of the card was a Christmas card like many of us receive. Unto us is born today and you open up a savior and there was a drop of blood in the card. That's really not my understanding of Christmas. But it is if you hold that one view of Christianity that we're sort of celebrating the birth of a life that will be sacrificed to appease an angry transcendent God. This is not what the deep tradition of the faith has said. And it's why Christmas is important for us. If the baby Jesus is truly God with us, it means that the divine life in the world is vulnerable, delicate, gentle, in need of us calling life out from us as a newborn child does. Fully God with us is a homeless child born in a cattle trough on the night of his birth. That's not the Greek understanding of God. It's a new idea. One theologian puts it this way. Mary holds out her finger and a divine hand closes on it. The maker of the world is born in the face of a begging child. We will not lift out our hands to pull the love of God down to us. But God lifts God's hand to pull human compassion down into his cradle. The divine life begs for milk, not yet knowing it is milk for which he begs. So the weakness of God proves stronger than men, and the foolishness of God proves wiser than scholars. This is how God brings love to bear in the world. By weakness, by strength, by need, not by power. You can spend a lifetime pondering the mystery of those words. Emmanuel, God with us, fully true in the manger. A Presbyterian preacher of Fourth Pres in Chicago puts it, has put it more simply, what Christmas about, is about is God and God's plan to call love out of us. In the service of Lessons and Carols this evening, I begin an unusual place where At the end of the flood story, God puts a bow in the heavens. But we think that's a rainbow, but the word actually is also equivalent to a bow and arrow. God surrenders God's power at the beginning of the story to save us from within. It is the mystery of Christmas. That God, give God's, God gives God's own life, God's own powerfulness. Surrenders that, that, he may, that God may be born in our midst, in the most vulnerable and delicate places. It occurred to me as I was looking over the bulletin that the, that the sermon title, You Shall Love, is exactly wrong. Although it happens in scripture, you can't really command love, can you? You can't tell someone to love. Somehow that has to be pulled out of us. And it's possible, just possible, that this is God's way in the world of saving us. God surrenders that way of power over for this other remarkable way of being God in the world, of calling love out of us. And that's a different way than we can ask or imagine, as one writer says. Buchanan writes it this way, The perfect gift is a gift that awakens your own love, that draws love out of you. Perhaps against your will or against your better judgment, your normally cautious reserve that warns you to be careful not to care too much. But this is what Christmas is. God coming to the world in love, humble, vulnerable, weak, and looking to us, looking for love to call That love out of us. To be honest, I was in a Christian mood, a Christmas mood last night, yesterday afternoon. A friend who'd driven up to San Diego called me and was in, uh, (laughs) had done a foolish thing. He was shopping at South Coast Plaza. (laughs) And he'd given up on that. But it's a person in my life that has been able to call. Love out of me. So, as my own Christmas present, I simply went down there to see. If we want to look for God in the world, look at those places where someone, against your better judgment, has called life and love out of you. It's a remarkable thing, that's where the Christ child lies. This is Christmas. That's the theological answer. The word made flesh. God calling love out of us. A grandmother has put the matter more simply and in other words. She writes, I look at the latest photographs of our newest grandchild sent through the internet from an ocean away. He's not a week old. He knows next to nothing and cannot survive on his own. And yet I cannot take my eyes off that little face in those pictures. She writes, I would give my life for that child in a heartbeat. And he has done nothing to earn this devotion. Nothing to earn love but be born into the world. And that's it. This is the key. The fact of our being, just as the fact of the Christ child's being, is sufficient cause for our celebration. She says, the sufficiency of my little grandson's face in my eyes is complete, and that's just the way God sees us all. And if you look into the manger today, a vulnerable child calling out to us for love, you might just see God at work in the world in places beyond our imagination. Christmas is a celebration of this gift. And this is the message you are called to preach. And live in the world. And you, child, will go before the Lord to prepare his way. By the tender mercies of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Merry Christmas. And may God bless us all.